Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway. 6th and Peabody, our location. A lot to get to today. It'll be a lot of fun. We've got Danny Cannell who's going to join us in about an hour from now. We've got Jeff Clark from OutKick Vets and more. Chad? Good afternoon. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Hutton. We've said it uh, for, I believe, now 12 days of Christmas. We continue to greet each other with a Merry Christmas, and now it's real. (laughs) This is the final show before the Christmas holiday here at Outkick 360. Dan Dockich may host a show on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. That man never stops working. I can guarantee you one show that will honor the holiday, though. This one. At least for this year. This one that you're watching or listening to right now will honor the holiday, especially when it's on a weekend. And it feels like Christmas outside. It does. You know, we, we had snow here in Nashville last night a bit, and the it was 50 degrees yesterday, and now it's, what, one? It's <laughs> It sounds not real when you say it that way. Uh, when I woke up this morning, it was minus four, and then I remember sort of doing a little celebration when it got up above zero, <laughs> when it got to one. I think it's around seven at this point. I know it's going to get up to 12, Before the sun goes down, that's a high in Nashville today. Over the weekend, by Christmas Day will be the first time temperatures approach freezing. It's a high of 32 on Sunday in Nashville. This is not unlike a lot of America right now with this, uh, I don't even know what they call it. I just call it extreme cold. That's what we're experiencing right now in Nashville. And I'm sure you're probably experiencing it maybe where you are. Or you're Clay Travis and you own a private jet. Or at least you can lease one and go to one of your mini beach homes in South Florida. It makes me very thankful to have a, a roof over my head, too. You know, but like my great grandparents would wake up. My grandparents would tell me stories of waking up when they stayed at their house with a layer of frost over them. Just based on their, their blanket kept them warm. I cannot imagine that, you know, and seeing some of the homeless here. I mean, it, it rips me apart whenever I, I, I see the weather conditions. When I, you know, last night when it started, it, it went from, you know, 50s yesterday, you mentioned, but yeah. when we left the show, it was, I think, 44, 45 when I got in my car. And then it was quickly in the teens by 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night. And I opened my door last night and felt that cold air. And I thought exactly what I'm thinking. Does every homeless person just find a place to go? I know yeah. the city sometimes will open up. They'll try to find, if there's yeah. a big venue, you know, where you can just let, let people go into a hallway or wherever to get off the streets. But I'm driving in downtown Nashville this morning, and I'm seeing homeless people walking around in the streets or huddled together mm-hmm. in the sort of outdoor atrium area of hotels uh, that aren't. They're not. They have nowhere to go. Well, I mean, it's and it's one degree outside i i don't it's crazy to me and i heard similar stories my grandfather said when it snowed they were on the upper level of a small home and the way the shingles were on the house that snow could get through and they'd wake up not just with frost but with snow on the blanket and have to knock it off at times whenever it snowed so 
Be thankful uh, if you have a roof over your head. Be thankful for that. Be thankful for heat inside of a home. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I don't know. You want to talk about how we get softer and weaker through generation to generation? I think it's almost, uh, you know, uh, AD and BC. Before heat and air and after heat and air. There is a clear line of demarcation about how tough you are if you've ever lived your life without heat or air condition. Uh, in your, in your, I mean, that's amazing to me to think about that now. It's, it, and yet, I mean, there are still people dealing with it. It wasn't that long it, ago. It wasn't that long ago. No, um, I mean, our grandparents, you know, my, my yeah. parents at times, I think, lived in homes when they were little where they didn't have heat or air or either. The, uh, the drop in temperature, much like the drop in the jet season, they were six and three. They are now seven and eight. And Zach Wilson is going to have to find a new home. Uh, it's over in New York for him. I, I don't know how you regain. I, I think he lost the locker room, Chad, with the way he handled the postgame presser, um, what, a month and a half, two months ago? Yep, before they went to Mike White. Yes. And you could, I mean, even last night, with as bad as it was for the Jets' offense and for Wilson, you can tell when, when Strebler came in, the offense actually moved the football. They, they were playing harder for the, the fourth-string quarterback off the practice squad than they were the number two overall pick in a game where they're battling for their playoff lives. Meanwhile, on the opposite sideline, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who continues to play solid football. Uh, since Week 12, he has 14, no, 13 touchdowns. That's the most of any quarterback since Week 12. And here are the Jacksonville Jaguars continuing to win. And you've got the Jets in a free fall with plenty of questions at quarterback, but I don't think there's any question about Zach Wilson. I think he's got to find a new location because I don't think he gets the locker room back. I don't have the exact number of starts he's made so far, but it's obviously a very young career uh, now into year two. This is the fourth time that he has passed for less than 10 completions and less than 100 yards in starts over the course of his career. Uh, I do not want to be a prisoner of the moment on this show, but I don't, I don't think we're overstating and we're saying he's, he's done with the Jets, with that performance. Yeah. And I'll take it a step further. I don't know that he's a starter ever again in the National Football He'll League. have a chance. Uh, he's going somewhere. He may be given a chance and he may start a game. Yeah. But I really think that if he's starting a game, it's because of injury to someone else and he's a backup somewhere or something happened in camp where he has to start. I'm watching Zach Wilson right now and I'm thinking he's done being named a starter by anyone, not just the Jets. Certainly the Jets can't trot him back out there. Robert Sala met with the media today, and he would not say whether or not he would start, even if Mike White was healthy. We know our answer to that, if he's not answering it. He's not no, starting. No, Strebler was the leading rusher with 56 yards for the Jets in the short time he played. But they, I mean, they actually picked up first downs. The Jets had 66 total yards at halftime. And, you know, it was 13-3 and the game was over. I mean, you just, they weren't coming back. They weren't putting up 10 points to even tie the game at that point. It's, it's a real, it's, it's a free fall. And the, the most surprising part for me, Chad, is the, even last year, you would see glimpses of why Zach Wilson was highly sought after in the draft. Why the Jets, without a shadow of a doubt, were telling everybody, every report during the draft was, they're not going to pass on Wilson at number two. Like the mock drafts the entire time, Lawrence, Wilson, no question. And now you've got a situation where there's plenty of questions about him. And the question now is how soon does he 
you know, get traded. Well, it's so unfortunate, too, because just how quickly the Jets went from one of the stories of the year, the feel-good stories in the NFL, to train wreck. I mean, that, there's no other way to describe it. None of their quarterbacks are under contract next year other than Zach Wilson. They're not going to cut him. There's going to be an $11 million cap hit if they cut him. That mm-hmm. makes no sense. But they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to re-sign Mike White or another quarterback, go into a veteran quarterback market and bring in competition for right. Zach Wilson that you know is going to be the starter. And Robert Sala, I think, is handling it well in what he's saying, saying, look, we're not, we don't give up on any of our guys. We're not giving up on Zach. And he said, you know, you can turn confidence around quickly. But he's also acknowledging with what he's not saying that that was an atrocious performance. And Zach Wilson, I will give him credit for changing his tone post-game compared to the disastrous post-game before where he said he wouldn't apologize to his teammates for his bad play. He was asked about the boos, and he said, I don't blame them one bit. It was terrible. He didn't duck his performance being awful. So at least he learned from that that screw-up. And it's, I don't think it's about the, the weapons around him either. I think they're, I think they're fine. They, they're going to improve in that area. You know, they, they lost out on their rookie back. They have Corey Davis, who is, you know, concussed over the last three-plus weeks. And they have a rookie receiver in Garrett Wilson, who is very capable of taking over. I think he's, you know, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, if, if it's not him, it's Brock Purdy. Um, but this is, this is odd how tough it is because we even saw glimpses of really strong play. Yeah. And now there's no chance of it. And that's, that's why they're seven and eight after starting six and three. Let me ask you this with um, just some of the possibilities that will be out there for veteran market. Uh, is it even you're, – you're way better with the cap than I am. Could you have a, a, a second overall pick on the team and bring in a high-priced – free agent, veteran option for a year or two, a la Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, if you're the New York Jets? How do you make that work within the, the salary cap? I'm not exactly they, sure what's all committed to the, the rookie contract for the number two overall pick at quarterback. Well, he's got the fully guaranteed deal. Right. And they're not going to the, cut him. They're, they, they're, they could try to trade him right. and get some value back, but... I don't know why, if you're keeping him in New York, you're, you're still trying to develop him into your franchise or, or quarterback. Or you're just I, trying to trade him. Or you're only keeping him because you couldn't find the well, trade. Right. And what, what they were doing was they were already trying to do that, in essence, with Joe Flacco. Yeah. You know? But the, now I mean, the good that's, news that, is, though, that's kind of the level, though, you've got to go after. If you're going after a highly sought-after free agent QB, you're probably around the level of a one- to two-year deal and trying to look for a guy to bet on himself, you know, like a Teddy Bridgewater, a, uh, a Baker Mayfield, someone of that caliber, instead of, you know, what we would see in a, a, a Brett Favre, for instance, speaking of the Jets, right? So the good news, Hutton, is there, ha- there is precedent for a high pick bust having some trade value. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen in yep. Arizona to Miami. So there's probably going to be a willing trade partner here for Zach Wilson. Yes. And maybe he can kickstart it somewhere else. And that could open the door for an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, to at least be in the, in the discussion for the Jets. But I, I agree with you. Defense is good. Mm-hmm. Sauce Gardner looks incredible. There's pieces there at Garrett Wilson. You like the young base of the team. they got to go find a quarterback now. But 
I say it's become a train wreck because you only like the young base of a team if the second overall pick at quarterback is something. Right. And this dude is nothing. He's lost it. He is nothing. And I don't think out the there. team's playing hard for him. Um, and meanwhile, on the opposite side, we are seeing Jacksonville really come together. They control their playoff path now. They beat Houston uh, next week. Week 18 becomes a, a chance to win the division. If the Titans lose to the Texans tomorrow, the Jags will go into week 17 in first in first place thanks to the tiebreaker they have with the head-to-head matchup where they won easily over the Titans in week 14. So this is really ramping up for Jacksonville to get back to the playoffs for the first time since 2017 when they went to the AFC Championship game. And what a run. I, I realize the record doesn't pop when you see it. But this is a string now over about a month and a half where they have figured things out and they are extremely confident in what they're doing offensively. Not a lot of points, but we weren't really expecting that last night. The Jets' defense and the weather. This is a, a Jags team, though, that got up 10 against the Jets and you knew the game was over. And that's, that's kind of the point here. I, Jacksonville is up there with like Cincinnati of, among the teams playing the best ball currently. And I can't believe I'm saying that in week 16. It's, it's really impressive what Peterson's done. Playoff scenario now, or division championship scenario, Hutton. That week, the last week of the season, that game between Jacksonville and the Titans will be for the AFC South. The only way it's not is if the Titans beat the Texans and the Cowboys and the Jags lose to the Texans, right? But the, Won't yes. they then have a two-game separation? I'm trying to do the math on that. But There's the Titans, only one scenario where that game's not just a win and end. But the Titans would have to beat... The Cowboys and the Texans. Yes, but you would need Jacksonville to lose. And to the Texans. Yeah, that's what I said. So the, Cal, the Titans yeah. would have to win the next two. Jags would have to lose the next one. And if that happens, that game means nothing. It, it, um, it still could, based on... The, the tiebreaker scenario, though, because in that scenario, you're, you're only having the Jags lose one time, right? So that game is win and end no matter what. Yes. Yeah. At it, this point. Yeah, because you have to... Jacksonville, week 18, if they beat the Titans, they'll still have the same record based on what you're saying. And they would have the tiebreaker like they will Monday if or Sunday if the Titans lose tomorrow. So same record, Jacksonville's got the tiebreaker. Yeah. So it's... It's coming. That's a very interesting game. All of a sudden, for teams going the opposite direction, and it. I mean, where they, this season started. Jacksonville's four and eight at one point. Where the think about, but at one point the the Titans are coming off a win over Green Bay on Thursday yeah. night football. They're rolling. Jags are the division looks over, all but over, and that all but is what's happening now. <laughs> Jacksonville is going to probably win the division. Titans are going to be left looking at an offseason where do you completely blow it up and start to reset with a new GM. And this is the Jacksonville Jaguars division again for the first time in a while. And and for for the next, this is a Titans-type window in the division I feel like they're entering, where it's a three- to four-year stretch. They should win it. Four and eight three weeks ago. And now they could be playing for the division at home. What a world. Yeah, in the final week of the season. Here's a look at the playoff picture right now. And courtesy of Jacksonville's victory, we saw the Cincinnati Bengals clinch a playoff spot last night. So they're in out of the AFC. And the teams right now elsewhere, Eagles, Vikings, Cowboys, 49ers out of the NFC, Chiefs, 
Bills, and now Cincinnati, they are also in the playoffs. Titans have the four seed currently. They have to play tomorrow. We'll see if that sticks. Ravens, Chargers, Dolphins are your wildcard teams out of the AFC. And right there on the bubble, the Patriots and then Jacksonville. But Jacksonville's got to win the division based on their record. Patriots, they're, they've got Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. Yep. That's not one of my upset picks this week later in the show, Chad. I'm not no, taking that's, the that's New the England reason Patriots. I feel good about my elimination pick with New England because they're playing Cincinnati. And this is what the NFL wanted. When they added yeah. that seven team, there's five teams eliminated right now. And here we are entering Christmas weekend, and there are only five teams that are mathematically eliminated out of the thirty-two in the league. Twenty-seven teams still are either they've clinched, they're leading their division, they have a chance to get in. That's what you want. That that's what makes for more compelling games late in the year is when you have the Green Bay Packers can go to Miami and win a game and they're still in the playoff mix. Whereas with six teams, you've got, I don't know, four or five more teams probably already eliminated. Yes. Mathematically at this point. So right, yeah. And and also the NFL got what they wanted with this extra these extra playoff games. And you have divisional matchups throughout the NFL in the final week of the season, too. Yes. Which adds to the intrigue of when it's like it's it's an extra playoff weekend is what they've created by having the divisional matchups where you have some teams that have the opportunity to win and end lose and you're you're headed home. Uh, Trevor Bauer has been reinstated thanks to independent arbitration between Major League Baseball and Bauer, originally suspended for two years or 324 games. It was reduced to 194 games. He's only missed 144 total, but he's given credit for the rest of those games because of uh, the fact that he had to sit out for a long time. It was a, a roughly, what, three or four months before they actually ruled on it, suspension-wise. He hasn't pitched since June 28, 2021. The Dodgers have until January 6th to make a move with him if they're going to do so, and I think they will. And he's not going to get paid for the first 50 games of this season to make up for the fact that they're giving him time served, so to speak, uh, for the domestic violence and everything that went on a couple of years ago. And he was not charged with anything legally, right? No. This has gone through the system, and I know there were yeah. no charges filed. Um, if, if the Dodgers elect to not sign him, you'd be crazy if you had the resources not to pick him up. If I'm a Braves fan, I hope the Braves sign him. I don't think there's going to be much backlash at all to this. Trevor Bauer has, throughout this process, whether you buy it or not, has claimed innocence throughout. His agent, Rachel Luba, has claimed uh, innocence yes. throughout. And even said, with accepting this, we still don't accept the fact that he was suspended one game through the policy because he's completely innocent of everything. Um, this is very much a he said, she said. I know it's a little bit more complicated, though, because the Washington Post has two other women who have sort of backed up what this woman is claiming but did not file charges. So this was from a story of the Washington Post, which makes it a little bit murkier for, for Trevor Bauer. But I think you're going to have a highly motivated guy that's coming well, back. If he has kept himself ready at all, he, has he was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. When he was eligible and playing. So I think it's going to be a great pickup for someone if the Dodgers in that 14-day window elect to part ways with him. So he's got 
$22.5 million left on his $102 million three-year deal that he originally signed with L.A. That's guaranteed even if the Dodgers release him. Um, the Dodgers, by the way, are not pleased with the timing of this because you know their organization is out for the holidays and they have 14 days to make a roster decision on a 40-man roster. And they weren't pleased with the, the timetable of all of it, but um, he was docked $37.5 million due to the suspension. Well, I'll tell you one owner that will sign him if, if they have a chance, Steve Cohen of the Mets. I mean, their starting rotation's already done, but this nothing's going to stop this guy from spending money no. and going after whoever he wants. And uh, our guy Guns at Outkick's got a great story about how, and he talked about this when he was on our show, but a, a great piece on how this is eventually going to lead to another Major League Baseball lockout. Whether you agree with it or not, if you're a fan of the Mets, you love this, and he's not doing anything wrong or illegal because he's going to pay the luxury tax. But Cohen has come in with a wrecking ball and said, I'm going to obliterate every payroll record we've ever seen. The Dodgers had the highest payroll in baseball a year ago. Mets were second. The Mets are now outspending the Dodgers and everyone else by over $140 million in this year, upcoming season, with what they've added this offseason. And they've doubled other salary caps in every league that, that, you know, the NFL, NHL, it's crazy money what the Mets are doing. Uh, Coming up, we take a look at the NFL schedule, the top games. We'll preview those and we'll start with all of the kickoffs uh, headed our way tomorrow. And then, of course, three on Christmas Day. It's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and uh, your family across the Outkick Network, wherever you're listening. And uh, big thanks to all of the great radio partners that we have. If you're tuned in there, we appreciate you. If you're streaming the show live on all of the social media platforms, I hope you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search out Outkick 360. You can also check us out streaming live at Outkick.com. Hutton, is your fam in, uh, in McMinnville, do you have a specific Christmas dinner that you eat normally? Is there a traditional one, or no. is it always a rotating menu? It's rotate. We used to have a traditional menu, and then we there was one year where we went extremely simple, and I, like my mom made tacos. You know, it was just like let's just do something different. We did that, so now we do something different every year. That's beautiful, and we'll be doing that at uh, my sister's house. I love that. So Joe Kinsey, who writes screen caps at Outkick, I'm a I'm a daily reader, but he's yeah. got all these uh, emails coming in. From people that have a rotating menu, similar to what the Hutton family of McMinnville will put together. But some of these menu items, I'm just reading through what people are preparing. And I'm thinking, man, I I really need to rethink what a Christmas Eve or Christmas night dinner should should look like. We've recently started at home having an actually like well prepared, I think we're doing short rib this year. Nice. You know, on the yeah. nice china that you break out on yes. Christmas Eve night. 
but I've never really done that. My meals with my family growing up consisted of um, a plastic plate, styrofoam plate of some sort, like the cafeteria tray, but of the, the styrofoam variety. And then it would be just basically the same thing you'd have. It was like Thanksgiving leftovers a month later on Christmas Eve at the same house where we'd go to my uncle's house for, for Thanksgiving we'd go to for Christmas Eve. And I felt like it was the same dinner each time. And I would eat you know, a fourth of my dinner because I'm running around sweating, playing with my cousins the whole time, basketball outside, running around the house. And then I wait to, get eat, when I, uh, to eat when I go home. So I didn't even enjoy it. Well, we have like the one side of our family, we have like a massive gathering where you do lunch after Christmas morning and then the family would do something, our immediate family would do something Christmas night normally. But now we do the big gathering, like I think we had ours this year on December the 10th. You know, so like you don't have to run around on yeah. Christmas day and all the families can just spread out and do their thing. We're no even, one's rushed. We're, we're stranger with my mom's side of the family. We go, you know this, we go every year to a cabin. Yep. And uh, just over a, a weekend, it's usually during the first round of the NFL playoffs is when we'll do this. But we do a Christmas morning, that Saturday morning, with that family where it's just a one gift exchange. You, know, you draw someone's name and you get one gift that morning and then people go and do whatever they want in Gatlinburg in the cabin after that. But everyone's, I, I'm, I'm always interested in everyone's traditions when they're very different from mine. So... I, I love the rotating menu item idea. Chad, you're welcome to join us anytime for Christmas. I'll, if these roads clear up, Hutton, if it gets above freezing anytime <laughs> soon, I may be down, headed down I-24, headed to McMinnville over the weekend. Uh, another tradition, I guess, would be on, you know, you've got on Christmas Day, a tradition for us would be watching the NBA games. They, they, those would be on in the background. Not the case this year. Well, I haven't watched the NBA in a long time, but... <laughs> Except I haven't the watched the NBA on Christmas in a long time even. But we've got NFL football on Christmas Day. Um, we'll start there and work our way to Saturday. And on Christmas Day, it starts with Green Bay and Miami. Green Bay at 6-8, and eight, still alive for postseason play. Aaron Rodgers saying, we've got, a, we've got a shot at this. Their three remaining games are against the 8-6 and six Dolphins on Christmas Day. They've got the 11-3 Vikings. And then they close the season against the Lions, which could be for a potential play-in. Could be if both of these teams uh, continue on their path or if the Lions slip up once. It's uh, a very intriguing Week 18 in what is a bad division except for the Minnesota Vikings. But you've got the, the Detroit Lions playing very good football. Meanwhile, I think the initial take here is, well, the Dolphins will run away with this. They're favored by four. I don't think it's going to be some easy game for Miami on Fox to kick off Christmas Day. I, I think this is a, we find out if Miami is in more of a free fall than what we might think based on their losses to the Chargers and then the Bills. They played really good football against the Bills. But at 8-6, and six, they've got to start stringing together some wins based on their offensive talent. You know, Hill and Waddle have combined for like 1,600 yards receiving, crazy, like 170 catches. This is this has got to be one of those games where they take advantage of the Green Bay defense and they force Green Bay to move the football and get points on the board instead of making it sloppy with their run game and every now and then putting up some points to make it a low-scoring affair. This is, Hutton, the only game of the day that's of any interest to me, quite frankly. And we're going to get into reasons why with the other two games. Yep. But this this is a good one, I think, from a, a timing standpoint. This is like post 
Christmas gift opening, you know, Christmas morning activity, yep. and then pre very early Christmas dinner, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock type stuff later in the day. So that is a nice window for the NFL. Now it doesn't matter what NFL teams you put on and whether or not they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs or not, because people will typically watch. And I think a big part of this storyline is the NFL has officially knocked the NBA off the Christmas Day menu. For most sports fans with this, they're going to destroy the NBA and the ratings with all Mm -hmm. of this, even though the next two games are not good at all, I believe. This one, though, with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers still not quite yet mathematically eliminated and a a two-and-a-half, three-point line with Miami favored, I think it's going to be a great game. Yep. I'm with you on the game of the day. It's, It's that one on Christmas. Meanwhile, Denver, believe it or not, they've put up 24 points in back-to-back weeks. They're actually scoring touchdowns. They're moving the football. Uh, a matchup of really bad franchises right now overall based on the, the fact that both of these teams don't have the first-round picks that they would have had had they not traded. Now, you can say, well, the Rams, of course, won a Super Bowl by doing that. Denver would have right now, Chad, the third overall selection in the draft if they would not, uh, if, if they didn't try to trade for Russell Wilson. And that's been a disaster. Meanwhile, the, the, the other report, they're starting to hear some rumblings. I, I won't say report, rumblings that Sean McVay could step away after this season. and go Which we to heard the, last year. Yeah. And he chose to run it back and come back with a, the, you know, Matthew Stafford says he's not retiring, that he's, he's not going anywhere. I, I wonder about, Donald, you know, and if we start to hear all of that conversation again, we're already beginning to hear it with with Sean McVay, and we're going to have a head head coach opening. And what do they do at quarterback in Denver? Nothing, because they're locked in on that massive contract with Russell Wilson. What is it about Super Bowl winning NFL head coaches named Sean and the ability <laughs> to step away and go make money in television, and then just pop right back into whatever, like a Jack in the Box popping up? They'll pop into a great spot somewhere else where they feel like they can win a Super Bowl quickly with a good quarterback once time is up at the place they're at. Um, Brett Rippon versus Baker Mayfield in this game. Didn't think we'd be saying that for a quarterback matchup on Christmas Day when Baker Mayfield this past offseason was in limbo and then started the season with the Panthers. Not ideal in that that window of time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the Broncos here. I don't know how you feel about it keep an eye on the game but the you know for fantasy football or whatever purpose you're watching uh, I'm taking Denver based on they've they've played okay over the last couple of weeks you know what's crazy about Denver similar vibe I get from watching the Jets you were talking about I think they're playing harder for Rippon than they were Russell Wilson I think there's an added little boost of energy yeah. with that team than they had with Russell Wilson that's not a great sign Tampa Bay and Arizona the Bucks have looked awful it's a Sunday night football, uh, Christmas night. Got Tom Brady against Cliff Kingsbury. They're actually going head-to-head for the first time since Kingsbury was uh, a part of a roster with Brady for a brief moment in time. And there's a report out about the, uh, the status through Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, the status of Cliff Kingsbury after this season on Black Monday and whether or not he's going to keep his job. And... The Kingsbury camp, whoever is the source here, given the on-field results, any semblance of a relationship with the Cardinals' ownership might not be enough to save Kingsbury. Quote, 
They hold him accountable for wins and losses, a source close to Kingsbury said, before contending that Kingsbury hasn't received the resources he believes are necessary to win. Okay, let's let's look through the resources. He gets there. They draft Kyler Murray, number one overall, in 2019. They trade for DeAndre Hopkins in what is an amazing trade on Arizona's behalf because they didn't trade away future drafts high atop the, the draft order because you had Bill O'Brien uh, trading away the top player in Houston and really upsetting, uh, at the time, Watson. And that kind of led to the, the slide where he ends up after signing an extension in September. By the end of the season in 2019-2020, he was demanding a trade. He wanted out because they had traded his top player in Hopkins to Arizona for nothing in return. So they've got Hopkins. They this this preseason they trade for for uh, Hollywood Brown, and they also have you know their other skill position players who are fitting that style of offense. I'm not buying the whole. He hasn't been given the resources, and I think Kingsbury's on the outside looking in from the the Cardinals' perspective whenever the season is actually wrapped up. Let me clarify also, uh, Russell Wilson was cleared to play, so he will start on Christmas Day, which still doesn't give me much more interest in watching <laughs> that game. And with this last game, uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury's done for the reasons you just threw out there. Uh, quite frankly, I've got more interest in watching Cliff Kingsbury versus Tom Brady competing over the same Instagram model in a bar <laughs> than I do watching this football game. Um, that That's the matchup everyone wants to see now that Tom Brady is uh, is officially single. So uh, not much interest in those last two games, but Hutton, our Christmas Eve slate of games, offers up some outstanding action so, on Saturday. Giants and Vikings. Vikings are favored by four and a half, but keep keep in mind the Giants have so much more to play for in this game. The Vikings, while they had the biggest comeback in NFL history last time we watched them, they are very... They allow teams to get the, the jump on them early, and they have these comebacks, come from behind wins, uh, and pr- practically every week. I don't know why they can't start fast, but they generally don't. Giants picked up a big win last week over the Commanders, and I'm, I would say the Giants, because of the playoff scenarios, Chad, the Giants are a live dog in this with the Vikings favored by four and a half because they've already wrapped up the division with last week's come-from-behind win over Indy. And the Giants last week with their, their win over the Commanders really surprised me and jumped out to me. And, and this, for that Giants offense, which doesn't have a lot of explosion to it, no, the Vikings defense gives you opportunities for explosion. I mean, 33 nothing, they're down to the cold. One of the worst defenses in the league. So I, I believe the Giants are going to go in and get this done in this game for the reason you said, because the Vikings have wrapped it up. And also, I'm just not buying the Vikings defense. And while I love Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, and even the way Kirk Cousins is playing right now, K.J. Osborne had well over 100 yards in the comeback win the other day. Great offense. That defense is going to bury them sooner rather than later. And I think that starts to happen a little bit in this game on Saturday. Yeah, and it's a defense, to your point, over the last six weeks, they have allowed, on average, 31 points per game. And the Colts are awful on offense, and they put up 33 because of the defensive efforts against the slow-starting offense in Minnesota. Intrigued by this, because the Giants can be the New York team, not the Jets. 
that actually started fast and can finish strong over their stretch. And I think the only way that that the Giants don't play well is run defense. And that's how the Vikings could get going in this. The Giants' run defense is not good. But it's this style. Saquon Barkley had his best game in weeks against the Commanders. they got to keep that going. The, the, one of the top teams right now, just weekly, the Detroit Lions. They're third or fourth scoring offense right now in the NFL. They can't be stopped. They were one and six. Now they're seven and seven. And now they're on the road against the Panthers who control their path to the playoffs in the NFC South. Panthers coming off a terrible performance against Pittsburgh. Um, I, like, I like the Lions in this game. I know they're a small favorite on the road. I really think, uh, you, you brought it up with the remaining schedule. Panthers, then two other games against teams under 500. Mm-hmm. Lions have a great shot at 10 and seven and sneaking into the playoffs. No one would have believed that the way this season started with them. Aaron Glenn's defense could not stop anyone. And they've been at least competent here recently. They were awful to start the year. They're, they're, they're in shootouts, though. Yeah. But they're playing a team that's not going to get in a shootout. I mean, this pet, they, they beat the Jets. Now, granted, the Jets. Right. But it was 20-17. to it 17. Was, Yes. It was more of a low-scoring game. At least against a bad offensive team, they showed they can win when they're not scoring in the high 30s, 40s in a game like that against the Jets. But it was Zach Wilson starting that game. Bengals and Patriots, since he's on the road and they're 10 and 4, they're in the postseason courtesy of Jacksonville's win over the Jets last night on Thursday Night Football. Uh, one of the top teams based on play, and it's led by Joe Burrow, against a team that went rogue last week, should have been 8 and 6. Now they're 7 and 7, the New England Patriots, on uh, Christmas Eve coming up tomorrow. They've got to win if they want to continue the trend of climbing into a wild card spot. Yeah, I think this is the Bengals game to win. Um, I, I, Bill Belichick is great. That's a big response by the Patriots if they go back home and win this game, especially the way Cincinnati is playing. I, I don't think you make a boneheaded error like that to lose a game to a Raiders team that's not that good and then just keep on rolling and bounce back and beat, beat Cincy. I, I like Cincy. Same. 49ers, best defense in the league. They have the best defensive player in the league currently, and Nick Bosa, um, who's outplaying Micah Parsons right now for defensive player of the year. He's been tremendous. And so has the commander's defense that will be on the road in San Fran and Santa Clara. And they're getting Chase Young back for this game. So they get their best defensive player back from injury against the solid 49ers defense. Heineke, Purdy, this has a, 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 the makings of top game of the weekend. And they've got to have it, right? I mean, this is do or die time now for the Commanders. Yes. This is a must. And they get their guy back in Chase Young. I think it's going to be a really good game. I am not picking against the Niners right now. And even with their third-string quarterback and Mr. Irrelevant, I, I think the 49ers get it done against the Commanders. You know, if not for their early season losses, because they lost to some bad teams... Uh, Sam Fran did early. What uh, Chicago in Week One? Yep, that was that rain weather. game. Yeah, and then you know they have the quarterback change due to injury with Trey Lance. They go to Jimmy G, um, but they still lost to the Broncos and the Falcons this season. But they're, I mean, if we're doing like a, a top ten teams, I, I think they're are they third or fourth right now among the 
If we had a, a just oh, a power they're, ranking? They're definitely top five. Yeah, I think three or four are right around that range. They really haven't looked bad since they got Christian McCaffrey. I, I believe that happened after the Falcons loss and all of that happened. But when they got him, remember they played the Chiefs that weekend. Yep. In the first game, they weren't great in that game. They lost to the Chiefs. But since then, once they've learned how to utilize McCaffrey in that offense, they've been terrific. And Eagles, Cowboys. Jalen Hurts isn't playing. Minshew Mania back on the field. And the Cowboys, who lost in overtime to Jacksonville. Dallas favored by five and a half. Philly comes in with a solid defense. They have a league-high 30 uh, sacks. They have a, a... their defense had six more sacks Sunday against the Bears. They have a league high, excuse me, 55 sacks, and 30 have been on third down. So if they can stop the run, which is tough to do against Dallas with the options that they have, and they do it well, uh, I think Prescott's going to get hit a lot in third and pass. I still think Philly is uh, very capable of winning a five and a half feels like way too many points in this game. And we're going to find out here in the next segment if you're going to pick that in your Moneyline upsets of the week. So I'm not going to ask you to pick that game. Uh, I'm very close to thinking that Minshew Mania is going to strike and it's going to be because of that Eagles defense in Dallas. But I can't go there. I, I don't see this Cowboys team with all that offense getting swept by the Eagles, even though the Eagles have been great and losing at home mm. without Jalen Hurts, I think the Cowboys... I think it's going to be a good game, but I feel like the Cowboys find a way to get it done. 13-1 against 10-4. and four. Uh, Top matchup, just based on viewers, everyone will be tuned into this. Yep. Massive audience. It's the 425 Eastern kickoff on Fox. Coming up, I've got three straight-up underdogs that are going to win across Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And uh, Chad, let's. You want to parlay this when I come back? Oh, I'm going to parlay. Yeah, we've got you know me. Three winners. We've been on a, a, a nice run. We'll continue that over the Christmas weekend. Go gigantic. Go gigantic or go home, Hutton. Yeah. that's the way I look at it. Get all your money back that you spent on Christmas. Follow us with the picks next on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Coming up in eight minutes, Danny Cannell joins us to talk college football, bowl games, and more. And then we have Withrow's column at Outkick currently, where you can read it at Outkick.com. He's got the top shows of 2022, and he will rank them on bingeability over the holiday break, like he'll be on next week in Nebraska. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my top 10, and with each entry, I will tell awesome. you how bingeable it is. Love it. So if you're looking for something to watch over the next week, I'll let you know which one you should watch. That's in roughly 30 minutes, and I can't wait to to hear more about some of these shows because if he signs off on it, chances are I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a Hutton rating also. Okay. Which ones okay. you should watch first out of the ones I'm suggesting. 
I feel good about the underdogs this week in the NFL. Here are my picks courtesy of Outkick.com slash bet. Time to parlay. Outkick.com slash bet. You can uh, go to all of the DraftKings odds there. Houston Texans, they are the underdog on the road Christmas Eve tomorrow here in Nashville against the Tennessee Titans. They're the underdog because Derrick Henry, over the, each of the last four meetings against Houston, he's rushed for over 200 yards. This is not the same Titans offense. This is not the offensive line that's capable of making that happen. And Houston, albeit two losses, they have played well against top opponents over the last couple of weeks. I'm taking Houston straight up over the Titans at Nissan Stadium. The New York Giants, I'll make it simple for you, Chad. They have wild card hopes. Minnesota has already locked up the NFC North. They clinched that last week. The Giants have more to play for, and I think it'll, they'll make it their style of game. Give me the Giants, and hey, give me the Eagles over the Cowboys. I know you don't like that pick. It's going to be a, a fun game, but I, I mean, for as much as Jalen Hurts means to that offense, it is the Philly defense and their run game that I think gets it done. And we're one of the things we're talking about next week will be Dallas and what they've done recently. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. I like Philly straight up. So a $5 bet at DraftKings will get you roughly $90 if you hit those three money line upsets. And you know what I did, Hutton? You parlayed it. I hit accept bet. <laughs> That's what I did. Accepted that bet when it asked me. Chad will be able to uh, pay for his uh, YouTube subscription for NFL Sunday Ticket. Half of the win. stocking stuffers I bought for my children will now be paid for with the winnings in this bet. Or Evie can get her mom that gift that she wanted to buy originally. Honey, we can afford heat in the house again. <laughs> Danny Cannell is next. We'll talk college football. <laughs> 